You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, Germany has taken a step closer to gas rationing, and the Mullica River fire is finally 95% contained. Here's your national news recap for the week of June 19th. The Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, the decision which legalized abortion nationwide. It did so while considering a case out of Mississippi where the state attempted to ban abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Conservative Justice Samuel Alito delivered the majority opinion. The 6-3 opinion came weeks after Politico published a leaked draft opinion indicating justices were indeed ready to strike down Roe. President Biden addressed the nation, saying his administration would defend the right of a woman to travel to another state to receive an abortion if the procedure is outlawed in her home state. He and other Democrats believe that Friday's ruling could motivate voters in November's congressional midterms. It appears law enforcement didn't need to wait over an hour to go into a South Texas classroom where a shooter was hiding. Texas Department of Public Safety Colonel Steve McCraw told a state Senate hearing he doesn't believe the shooter had time to lock the Robb Elementary door last month in Uvalde. Law enforcement had previously said officers had to wait for a janitor to get a key to open the door before shooting and killing the gunman. Nineteen students and two teachers were killed in the attack. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled in favor of gun rights advocates. In a New York case, the High Court just issued a ruling that people can carry a handgun for self-defense. In California, Governor Gavin Newsom called it a dark day in America. The ruling overturns the New York State's concealed carry weapon law. It required people to show proper cause to get a license to carry a concealed handgun outside of their home. The vote was 6-3. to three. On Twitter, Newsom also wrote shameful, calling the decision dangerous and an infringement on the rights of states to protect its citizens from gun violence. Representative Mike Thompson echoed that sentiment in a press release calling it an extreme ruling essentially undermining a state's ability and responsibility to regulate firearms, which he says will lead to more gun violence. New York City is cutting off walk-in appointments for monkeypox vaccines. Officials said the demand was so high that within hours they had to close their doors since visits were already booked into early next week. Since early May, some 28 people have tested positive for monkeypox in the city, which now accounts for more than 20% of the cases nationwide. Meantime, the World Health Organization is meeting to consider declaring monkeypox a global health emergency. Numerous scandals within the California National Guard have reportedly involved top officials. The Los Angeles Times reports that some allegations include a top general using assistance to provide transportation for his mother for a shopping trip. 
Another general reportedly made anti-Semitic and homophobic comments when giving a reason why terrorism happens in the U.S. The state's military department has 13 generals, and since 2019, four have been linked to scandals. A retired guard major says top brass look out for each other when these things happen, noting there's not much punishment with no public exposure. Meantime, a current major general told the Times when claims of wrongdoing are brought to light, they take them seriously. San Francisco and Oakland are considered to be the top two worst-run cities in the state of California. That's according to WalletHub, which ranked 150 cities across the country from best to worst run. Oakland ranked 143rd, while San Francisco was further down the list at 149. The cities were ranked on a number of factors, including education, crime rate, economy, and infrastructure. Washington, D.C. was ranked dead last at 150 on the list. A North Texas capital murder suspect is back in custody after being accused of slicing off his GPS monitor. Dallas police say James Moore was found Thursday afternoon by U.S. Marshals, although details weren't released. Court records say Moore cut the GPS device last weekend, a day after he was given bond. He was originally being held on a $500,000 bond, but it had been reduced after prosecutors said they weren't ready to try him. Moore is accused of taking part in a 2019 restaurant robbery that left an employee dead. Washington Attorney General Bob Ferguson has created a statewide organized retail crime theft task force. Across the country, organized retail crime costs $70 billion a year. Ferguson says the task force will improve coordination and collaboration among law enforcement agencies to stop the crime rings. Nine other states have a task force dedicated to stopping organized retail crime. The Washington Task Force will meet for the first time on July 7th and then every quarter for at least a year. Los Angeles could become the largest city in America to ban new gas stations. According to a report in The Guardian, at least one member of L.A. City Council is considering a ban based on the one that went into effect last year in the northern California city of Petaluma. The report quotes Councilman Paul Koretz and members of his office who say he hopes to have a measure up for debate before the end of the year. Santa Rosa fire officials say a controlled burn is planned for today near Highway 101. The burn area will be a nearly 10-acre parcel located east of Old Redwood Highway and north of Mendocino Avenue. Fire officials say it will take place between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. The controlled burn had originally been scheduled for June 11th, but was canceled and rescheduled because of air quality concerns. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with the International News Report. Reported on by the BBC, Germany has taken a step closer to gas rationing after dropping supplies from Russia. The country has triggered the alarm stage of an emergency gas plan to deal with shortages. Germany's economy ministry said it is the latest part of a standoff between the European Union and Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. German economy minister Robert Habeck said Russia was using gas as a weapon in response to EU sanctions. We must not fool ourselves. The cut in gas supplies is an economic attack on us by Russian President Vladimir Putin, Mr. Habeck said, adding Germans would have to reduce consumption. Mr. Habeck said there would hopefully never be a need to ration gas for German industry, but he added, Of course, I can't rule it out. 
Germany has now moved to the second stage of its three-port emergency plan, which is triggered when there's a disruption or very high demand for gas. The government will provide 15 billion euros of loans to try to fill gas-shorted facilities and will start auctioning gas to industry to encourage big businesses to use less. Moving to stage two of the plan puts more pressure on suppliers and network operators to balance out distribution by taking measures such as finding alternative sources for gas. In the third stage, supply to industry would be restricted first, while households and critical institutions such as hospitals would continue to get available gas. Twelve European Union countries have now been affected by cuts to gas supply from Russia, EU climate policy chief Franz Timmerman said on Thursday. U.S. News reports that South Africa has repealed COVID-19 restrictions on mask wearing in indoor public spaces, limits on the size of gatherings, and entry requirements at its borders, a notice in the Government Gazette showed. In the brief notice, Health Minister Joe Fala said that he repealed the regulations proclamated in May under the National Health Act to control the spread of COVID. The regulations he referred to made face masks mandatory in indoor public spaces and on public transport. They also placed limits on the size of indoor and outdoor public gatherings and meant international travelers entering South Africa had to show a vaccination certificate or a negative COVID test. Travelers who did not present a vaccination certificate or negative test had to take an antigen test, and if they tested positive and showed symptoms, self-isolate for 10 days. Fala and another minister are due to address reporters at 9 a.m. in South Africa, where more details are expected to be announced. South Africa experienced four severe COVID waves, but a resurgence in infections in April and May turned out not to be as bad as feared, with hospitalizations and deaths not rising dramatically unlike previous surges. In April, President Cyril Ramaphosa lifted most restrictions and announced the end of the national state of disaster, a mechanism that allowed the government to enforce measures to manage the pandemic. The country has recorded the most coronavirus cases and deaths on the African continent, with over 3.9 million confirmed cases and more than 100,000 deaths. It initially struggled to secure vaccines due to its limited supplies and protracted negotiations, but is now well supplied with doses. Also coming from U.S. News, eight people who took care of soccer legend Diego Maradona will be tried in Argentinian courts for homicide according to a ruling released on Wednesday following an investigation into his November 2020 death due to cardiac arrest. In the 236-page document seen by Routers, the judge in charge of the case questioned the behaviors, active or by omission, of each of the accused, which led to the contributed to the realization of a harmful result. The ruling said that eight people, including doctors, nurses, and a psychologist who cared for Maradona at the time of his death are accused of simple homicide, a serious charge that means taking a life with intent. A medical board appointed to investigate Maradona's death concluded in 2021 that the Soccer Scars medical team acted in an inappropriate, deficient, and reckless manner. Maradona was considered one of the greatest soccer players in history, though the diminutive player nicknamed Pelusa for his long mane of hair and D10s as a play on the Spanish word for God, using his jersey number, battled drug and alcohol abuse for years. And that was Connor Brown with your international news report.
I am Carly Murray, and this is the local news. A huge fire erupted in Wharton State Forest in New Jersey on Sunday. The wildfire reached 13,500 acres in size and is one of the state's largest in years. New Jersey residents reported smelling smoke from 50 miles away days later. This has been referred to as the Mullica River Fire and occurred near Burlington County, but reached Washington, Shamong, Hamilton, and Mullica Townships. The New Jersey Forest Fire Service claimed that the fire was 95% contained by Tuesday. A crash occurred between a New Jersey transit bus and a car at an Absecon intersection, resulting in the death of a 48-year-old man. The crash was reported between South Shore Road and Ohio Avenue. Both vehicles were severely damaged. Thirteen people were on the bus, including the driver, and they were all taken to the hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. There was a water main break in North Philadelphia Thursday morning that flooded an entire neighborhood near 4th Street and Burke Street. Parked vehicles were engulfed in water and construction work was reportedly taking place at the time. A teenager is dead and one man is injured after an SUV plowed into a crowd Wednesday night in West Philadelphia. Police found a 16-year-old with severe body trauma and a 20-year-old with a broken leg on the 800 block of 44th Street. Authorities were able to identify the driver and the suspect is in custody and under investigation. Philadelphia police are investigating an incident that started as an attempted carjacking and ended in a shooting. Late Tuesday night, police were called to the Overbrook neighborhood for reports of shots fired. Detectives learned the 21-year-old victim was pulled from his car by a group of men, but he fought them off as they tried to take his keys. The man was rushed to the hospital and listed in stable condition. Police are continuing to look for two suspects related to the incident. An 18-year-old man was killed Tuesday night in Philadelphia. Police say the victim was driving on Rittner Street when someone shot him in his neck. He was found a short distance away and he died at the hospital. Authorities say his brother was with him at the time, but he was not hurt. This incident is still under investigation. Philadelphia police say they have one person in custody this morning and they're still searching for another following a police chase. This incident began Wednesday night when a car was stolen from Ridge Avenue. The suspect drove over to 18th and Lambert Streets and tried to run away on foot. Police were able to recover the vehicle there. Anyone with information is asked to come forward. Authorities are searching for the person that fired shots at a vehicle on I-76. Detectives learned this happened Wednesday night and closed the highway for several hours. Police have reasons to believe this was a road rage incident. No arrests have been made at this time. The city of Philadelphia is making sure that children continue to get healthy meals over the summer. Free meals are available for all children at multiple locations across Philly. Various recreation centers and charter schools are among the sites to choose from. The program officially begins on Monday and most sites are open throughout the work week. HIV testing is free in the city of Philadelphia, which is a message from Philly Health ahead of National HIV Testing Day on Monday. Walk-in testing is available at Health Center 1. No appointment is needed and anyone over the age of 13 can get tested. Prosecutors in Jelaine Maxwell's sex trafficking case say she should be sentenced to at least 30 years behind bars. In a new filing ahead of Tuesday's sentencing hearing, federal prosecutors argued Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand woman should get up to 55 years in prison. They noted she played an instrumental role in the horrific sexual abuse of multiple teenage girls. Maxwell's lawyers argued last week she shouldn't have to serve more than five years. She was convicted on sex trafficking and other charges back in December. 
Broadway's long-running hit Chicago is about to become the second show in history to play 10,000 performances. The show has seen many stars play the show's leading roles over the years, including Liza Minnelli, Christy Brinkley, and Pamela Anderson. Today, the show will play its 10,000th performance. That was the local news, and I am Carly Murray. I'm Sam Deschutes with your Rowan News. Mobilization for construction on the Chamberlain Student Center expansion began this week. University staff has advised to be aware that circulation paths around the student center, rear patio, and library will be impacted. Pedestrian traffic will be forced across Route 322, keeping our campus community safe. Please be careful and considerate when walking around the construction area. Construction will be ongoing until fall 2023. A limited supply of 2022 yearbooks is available to anyone who wants one. Please visit the Chamberlain Student Center Information Desk Monday through Friday between 9 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. to pick up a free copy. Any yearbooks left after Friday, July 1st will be recycled. Tutoring Services is now hiring peer tutors for the 2022-2023 school year. All majors are needed, but especially tutors in accounting and foundations of accounting, anthropology, education, English, health and exercise science, human anatomy, Japanese, law and justice, marketing, management information systems, philosophy, psychology, and sociology. In order to be a tutor, you must be a Rowan University sophomore, junior, or senior in fall 2022, have a GPA of 3.0 or higher, and have earned a B-plus or higher in the courses you would tutor in. Students who meet this criteria can apply via prof jobs. For any further questions, you can email tutoring at rowan.edu. The Office of Human Resources manages the applications for the tuition benefit for dependents, spouse, and domestic civil union partners. The form must be completed annually and is accessible to all new and returning students through self-service banner. Students must log into self-service banner with their unique login and go to the student menu. Next, select Submit Electronic Forms located on the right-hand side of the dashboard and select Dependent Benefit to complete the form. The applications are available now. If you have any questions, you can contact Veronica Alonardo or email the Human Resources Training and Development Team. I'm Sam Deschuches, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. I'm Danny Ryan with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting in the NBA, there's plenty of news to learn about with the 2022 NBA Draft in the rearview mirror and free agency less than one week away. Starting with the 2022 NBA Draft, let's take a look at the three first picks in this year's class. With the first pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, forward Paolo Bancaro was selected by the Orlando Magic as the Duke product joins Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, and Wendell Carter Jr. as the young nucleus looks to bring more competitive basketball to the city of Orlando, Florida. The Oklahoma City Thunder held the second overall pick and selected Gonzaga center Chet Holmgren as the big man joins Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy as the franchise looks to reach the playoffs since the notorious Damian Lillard buzzer-beating shot on Paul George back in 2019. To round out the top three, number one overall pick favorite out of Auburn, Jabari Smith Jr. fell to third overall in this year's draft to the Houston Rockets, joining Kevin Porter Jr. and last year's second overall pick from the G League Ignite, Jalen Green. Before and during the NBA draft, there were a few notable trades that have changed the landscape of the league. The Detroit Pistons tipped off their offseason by moving forward Jeremy Grant to the Portland Trailblazers in exchange 
exchange for a protected 2025 first-round pick that originally belonged to the Milwaukee Bucks. Portland, who many believe won this trade, pairs star point guard Damian Lillard with star forward Jeremy Grant and hopes to get him back into the NBA playoffs. On draft night, Detroit ended up flipping this protected first-round pick to the Charlotte Hornets in exchange for Memphis State big man Jalen Duran in a three-team deal involving the New York Knicks. The Pistons also took on the contract of former star point guard Kemba Walker from the New York Knicks in this deal. Walker is owed roughly over $9 million from Detroit as the guard plans to agree to a buyout with the Pistons ahead of NBA free agency on June 30th. In other trade news, the New York Knicks also traded the draft rights to Usman Jang to the Oklahoma City Thunder for three conditional first-round draft picks. And last, but certainly not least, the local Philadelphia 76ers traded veteran two-guard Danny Green and the 23rd overall pick in this year's draft to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for 24-year-old backup point guard DeAnthony Melton. Taking a look at the NFL, let's begin with the Deshaun Watson situation. Watson's attorney Tony Busby said in a statement Tuesday that 20 out of the 24 civil lawsuits filed against Deshaun Watson have been settled. However, Ashley Solis, the first woman to come forward about Watson's possible sexual misconduct during private massage sessions, is not one of the 20 women to settle their civil case against Watson. In other news from around the league, Saints running back Alvin Kamara is facing a possible six-game suspension from the NFL for an incident that occurred one day prior to the 2022 NFL Pro Bowl in Las Vegas, Nevada. Kamara is set for a court hearing in August, meaning action most likely will not be taken by the NFL until after the hearing in August. Kamara is facing a felony charge of battery and is facing a six-game minimum suspension. So there is definitely a chance for Kamara to be out more than six weeks if found guilty. Once again, this is Danny Ryan signing off with your professional sports news right here on Roan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. The U.S. Department of Education is canceling student loan debt for around 200,000 people. The department agreed to the cancellation of debt as part of a settlement of a class action lawsuit. Borrowers argued schools misled them, leaving them stuck with federal debts. The settlement approves the immediate forgiveness of about $6 billion of debt. Those who are part of the lawsuit will also receive refunds of amounts paid and repaired to their credit. Nike is exiting the Russian market completely. The decision by the sneaker giant comes after it suspended operations in the country back in March following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It told customers that product shipments couldn't be guaranteed. In a statement, Nike said its priority is to ensure it fully supports its employees as it begins to scale down operations. Nike operated more than 100 stores in the country. The FDA is preparing to ban Juul e-cigarettes in the U.S. Mark Mayfield with details. The administration has banned the sale of sweet-flavored e-cigarette cartridges and has been reviewing Juul's data for nearly two years to determine whether or not they should allow to be sold. Juul stopped selling its signature fruity flavors of nicotine in 2019 after they were blamed for encouraging underage kids to start vaping. The FDA hasn't made any official announcements on the ban yet. However, Juul could challenge the decision in court. I'm Mark Mayfield. Vice President Harris says the White House is doing everything they can to lower gas prices. I'll tell you that uh, the president and I and our administration is absolutely committed to doing everything that we can to bring down the cost of gas. 
Vice President Harris spoke at the swearing-in of Scott Miller, ambassador to Switzerland and Liechtenstein. She said there are many tools and levers that can be pulled. Earlier Thursday, Biden called on Congress to authorize a three-month gas tax holiday. He said states should do the same with their gas taxes. The federal gas tax is a little over 18 cents per gallon. Biden described the move as offering a little breathing room. In earlier remarks, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell called a suspension of the gas tax an ineffective stunt. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Bill Cosby is being found liable in a civil suit brought against him by a woman who says the comedian sexually assaulted her when she was 16. Judy Hunt's attorney, Gloria Allred, says Tuesday's decision sends an important message to other victims of abuse. Hunt successfully claimed Cosby assaulted her at the Playboy Mansion back in 1975. There were no criminal charges filed because the case was past the statute of limitations. Cosby is being ordered to pay $500,000 to Hunt. The case is the first to undergo trial under the Child's Victims Act, which protects adults who suffered abuse as children to come forward their accounts years later. Elon Musk's transgender daughter has gone to court to change her name and to end her relationship with the world's richest man. Reports surfaced Monday that Musk's daughter filed a request with Los Angeles County Superior Court in April to change her name in accordance with her gender identity. Her request also says she wants to change because she no longer lives with or wishes to be related to her biological father in any way, shape, or form. Musk's daughter recently turned 18, which is the age of consent in California. Britney Spears' father is targeting the pop star for a deposition. Lawyers for Jamie Spears say his daughter is avoiding a deposition while also claiming she allegedly received $15 million to write a memoir about the subject she refuses to discuss under oath. This follows moves made by Britney's lawyer to compel her father to sit for a deposition himself concerning his behavior as the toxic singer's conservator. There's a temporary protection order for a 12-year-old against Flash star Ezra Miller. The child's mother spoke out and said she became concerned when Miller began to buy gifts for her child, even after the gifts had been rejected. This wouldn't be the first protective order against the Justice League actor. The court approved a protective order against Miller against Chase Iron Eyes and his wife claimed he physically and emotionally abused their daughter. Shaquille O'Neal is getting into the horror business and he's been doing it in one of the most haunted spots in the country. A new Halloween attraction titled Shacktoberfest is set to run from September through Halloween at the historic Queen Mary ship in Long Beach, California. Ticket information will be released later this summer. Dave Chappelle's alma mater, Duke Ellington School of Arts, is not naming its theater after him. It will instead be called Theater of Artistic Freedom and Expression. Chappelle made the announcement on Monday, referencing the backlash he got from his controversial Netflix special, The Closer, which sparked outrage as he made remarks about the LGBTQ community. Chappelle defended his performance, calling it a masterpiece and the most-watched special on Netflix. He also said his words in the special had everything to do with his freedom of artistic expression, which is why he's not rejecting, but rather delaying the renaming of his school's theater in his honor. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Roman Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. 
Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.